0: going daddy i say i'm going to prison what did you do wrong No, no we go to the prisons for ministry but often i tell them the church is a hospital the church is really a hospital and jesus is the physician that's what the church is I didn't go to church because I felt like I was better than others. No. I wasn't thinking about them. I was thinking about me. How terrible my life was. And how sinful I was. I wasn't thinking about anybody. So the world thinks you go to church to prove that you're good. No. That's not why I'm there. I go there and you go there for one reason. For him to make you better. That's what it is. It's not that we are good. All I've seen. I realize I need God. They may think they don't need him, but that's their business. But for me, I know I need him. You need him. That's why I'm there. I want to make it right with him. I want the one who created me. I want him to be pleased. And I knew I had done so many things that were offensive to him. I want to make it right. was He concerned about them. I hear people say, all these hypocrites are in church. Join us. You'll be one of us. That's right. Join us. We're just trying to get better. We're needing Jesus to heal us from our sinful lives. And he's changing us as he gives us medicine. I mean the word of God. Amen. And slowly but surely, we're getting better. I'm not going to turn around and look at my brother and say, You've been taking the same medicine for two years and you're still like that? I'm better. Nobody does that in the, in the hospital. Rather, they say, don't worry about it. Our doctor, is this doctor is really good. I was, when I came in, I was doing so bad. Worse than your case. But the doctor is helping me. Don't worry about it. Is that not what you see? The church is a hospital. We encourage one another about the power of the one to whom we've come. To change our lives. Point is, be a son of encouragement. That's my title. Be a son of encouragement. Don't see the worst in people. Because that's not the way God saw us. He looked past the worst in us. And saw something beautiful. And he's saying, Have your father's eyes. See like your heavenly father. See people the way God sees them. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will, okay? <laughs> the Bible tells us in my, uh, Micah 8. I mean 6 verse 8. He has shown you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Wouldn't you like to know what God wants from you? God wants certain things from you. He has shown you what is good. And what does He require from you? You want to know what God requires from you. So, well, for me not to sin. That that too. But what does God really require of you? What He wants is for you to do justly. And love mercy. Not just be merciful... Birth, love, mercy. If you love mercy, you will be merciful. And that's one of God's greatest attributes. Your mercy endures forever. Love mercy and live humbly before your God. So, humility is very important because the Bible says God resists the proud and He gives grace to the humble. So, God wants you to be just. Be fair with yourself and with others as well. Just be fair. But as you are fair, fair, add mercy to that. Mercy, justice, mercy. And be humble before God. Because he resists. Can you imagine if God's resisting you, you're in real trouble. He resists the proud. He gives grace. In, a, in, in other words, he enables the humble. And he, when he enables them, he lifts them up. And God says, this is what I want from you. Jesus in Matthew twenty-three, verse twenty-three, talked about uh, with your part of the law, with your things, matters of the law. What are the with matters of the law? He says, "Well, you try to do all of these good things, but then don't forget do that, but don't forget the with matters of the law. What are the with matters of the law? Justice. We're back again." Justice, mercy, and faith. Justice, mercy, and faith. So that tells you to be merciful as a Christian is to be God-like. Compassion. Not judgment. Compassion. When you come into a church or you go around your brother's, and as you are interacting with them, and all you see are the negative things in their lives, you got a different spirit. You got a different spirit. A spirit that God may not be able to walk with. Because there is pride there. And there is judgment there. Justice, mercy, and faith. Faith. Me, loyalty. That's what, faithfulness. Loyalty. For you to be, if you are connected, you're there. Let your friends know you'll be loyal to them. Then they are in comfort, they, they feel secure. Because there's loyalty there. I know who is, he is going to be loyal. I can trust him. Trust, that's part of it. Loyalty. He says that's what all these things God requires from us. Son of encouragement. You know where I got that word? Be a Barnabas. The Barnabas, the meaning of the word Barnabas, is son of encouragement. Barnabas is son of encouragement. If you read in, in Acts. Chapter 4, verse 36. He says, And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. That was not his name, his real name was Joseph. Many of us will always say words like Barnabas and Saul. No, the real thing would have been Joseph and Paul. But his nickname took over. His life. And the meaning of that word, Barnabas, is son of encouragement. I want you, and I know God wants every one of us to be a son of encouragement. You can be. The the nickname he accepted transformed the man, he became a son of encouragement. He was the son of let's tell us, let's say what he did. He says, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement or son of consolation. You feel good when you're around this man. Amen. You feel good when you are around him. And you don't want to go. Do people see you? You showing up oh and they go the other way, find a way, or give a clever excuse, uh, which is a little lie, uh, to get away from you. That's not good. Look, look at what he says. He was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Not Cyprus. I like him to be from Cyprus, okay? Yes. I him. yes, we are from the same place. I'm telling you. <laughs> I looked closely and it's not. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so he tells us, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostle's feet. He just let go. I haven't met a whole lot of Christians that would do that. Just give your house away. He was that son of encouragement. Let me tell you some of the attributes, some of the things I know about this man and what I know about, by the grace of God, son of encouragement, which I believe every one of us should be. At first, he was a man of faith. He was a serious man of faith. How would you give everything that you have? That was only had. He sold his house. He never thought about where he was going to live after selling the house. He didn't keep one penny. All he was after was the work of God and the people of God. I want the apostles and the children of God. I want all of them comfortable so we can continue to do ministry. That was wrong. He, he, he didn't think about tomorrow for himself. He laid everything down. People, people of encouragement, they're willing to give anything to see that others are doing better. And that's what God's called every one of us to do. This, the disciples saw that. Son of consolation. Now you made us feel good. Everyone's need will be met through Barnabas. And Barnabas had no thought about what He needed himself. He was trusting God to meet his need for the future. He sold everything. He was just like Jesus. Jesus gave everything. Amen? Even his own life. Barnabas had no thought of his future. The people were more important. Their needs were more important than his own need. He didn't care. He was a serious man of faith. We'll find that later. Strong man of faith. He was trusting God. And left it. And the disciples saw that and they said, wow. And gave him a nickname that stayed with him all the days of his life. And we're still talking about him till today. And you can if you read through the scripture. Please study about Barnabas. Read the scriptures. You'll find out he was the genuine thing. The genuine thing. Always with words of encouragement for people. I see other sons of encouragement in the Old Testament. Angela probably alluded to that or somebody did today this morning. In the wilderness. When they were all discouraged. Because of what they had to face. you know what brought that? Some people came and said certain things to them and their lives fell apart. All night they cried. Just by hearing words. Your words matter. What you say to people can lift them up and make them feel good and strengthen them. And what you say can bring them down. Where they are so discouraged, they can't even move a muscle. Everything is still the same. But you use discouraging words and you brought them down. Because you had, they had no faith. See? They brought discouraging words to them. Why? The root of it was faith. They had no faith. God had told them, I'm giving you the land. They saw the land. The land was exactly the way God described it. So God was right. If he was right about the way it was, they hadn't been there before, then they must know he would be right about what he said he would do. They found the land the way he told them. The land will be But they had no faith. And they came back and brought discouraging words. Discouraging words can kill. Never approach your children or your brothers in Christ with discouraging words. If you have nothing good to say, don't speak, zip it. So important. You lift people up. Jesus was the ultimate son of encouragement. You can see the way he dealt with people In, in the New Testament. Think about the woman at the well of Jacob. Jesus knew she had been with five husbands. You think he was thrilled about being with five different husbands? No. She was discouraged in life. And life was going nowhere. She had a husband, in a, I mean a man living with her. Basically what she was saying, I've tried all of them and married all of them. None of them worked. I'm going to try you for a while to see if you'll work out. And if you don't work out, I don't have to go through divorce papers. I'll just kick you out. But Jesus knew. But notice, he was in Jesus' presence not feeling even inferior. She could, she could talk to him. Even after Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah, she was still okay. Standing in his presence. Because she felt accepted. She felt accepted. And notice what Jesus did. Jesus spoke to her and he's speaking to you. If you hear this morning thing, you've, done, you've missed, made a lot of mistakes in your life. He's accepting you. People may not accept you, but he will. But not only will he accept you, he'll transform your situation. Yeah. He has the power to. So you give it to him, he can transform the situation. All he told the woman, he talked to her for a while, and then he said to her when it, when it really mattered, go and get your husband. Knowing fully well, sit not. But he didn't tell her, I know everything about you, lady. You want me to tell you? You've been married five times. I'm a prophet. That's not the way he approached it. He did it with compassion. And he said to her, she said, I have no husband. But she didn't tell him the details. She didn't want to talk about that. And Jesus said, well, let me just tell you, okay? You got five. You had five. And the one you're living with now, He's not your husband but that was not the end of the matter and Jesus commended her when you said that you spoke the truth you spoke you were really truthful about it he commended her and even after Jesus said that he didn't even go to the husband thing she went on to say I perceive you are a prophet. and then they started talking about spiritual things and she didn't feel inferior even though she knew she was in the presence of the ultimate prophet and spoke with him, that's the way every Christian should be. Every Christian should be that way. Where even though they are sinful, they are willing to talk to you about spiritual things and learn from you and let the light flow from you into their life. but if you are not a child of a son of encouragement they don't want to be around you they feel condemned around you they're not comfortable may god transform everyone's life this morning into a son of encouragement so we bring these people in they need jesus glad for nick we just baptized him this morning where's he fall yeah. yeah but i'm sure he felt that love it was different acceptors nobody preached to him he just got saved in a meeting and that's what God called us to, amen and he's doing it at the Ark Fellowship and we are just saying the beginning can I hear an amen you guys missed the place to so say amen are you just so focused <laughs> this is not when the saints go dragging in, right we talk about saints go marching in, right? When the saints go dragging in, yawning and all of that stuff. No we don't drag, amen? Oh gosh. We got the drags in the world. Not here. Excuse me, I mean that. Okay. So Jesus accepted her. And then you see another situation with Jesus. And John, that was John, this was just John chapter 4. The other one, John chapter, chapter 8. They brought this woman caught in adultery. I'm sure she was ashamed. And they were talking about stoning her. And Jesus said nothing. Her life was in his hand. Whatever he said will be the outcome of what happened to her life. Right? And Jesus talked to the people. They all left because they knew they were not better than the woman. Hello. Many times when you're doing this, you're pointing their finger. These ones are pointing back to you. You got one going up. Several are pointing back to you. <laughs> uh, they realized and they left. And then Jesus said, where are your accusers? Notice he was not one of them. He was not one of them. You don't want to do the devil's job. By pointing out things. You don't have to see that. Jesus said, where are your accusers? In other words, I'm not part of them. And yet, he had the right above all of them to be the accuser. He wasn't going there. And we have to be like him. Amen? He didn't accuse her. He says, Where are your accusers? No one condemns you? And she said, No, Lord. And he said, Neither do I. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. And they, did he they tolerate what was going on? No. He says, Woman, go. Don't do that anymore. And I'm sure every single day of her life, she's thinking, I could have died. If we were not for him. And what he said to them. And yet. He said nothing mean to me. All he said. Don't do it again. And that was power enough. To free her from life. Amen. Power enough. To free her from life. You don't have to keep in your face. Driving them down. Uh, Except, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's only by the Spirit. Speak the truth. But in compassion. In compassion. All we want is change lives. And He can change our lives. Amen. He is able to change our lives. He was that one. Faith in us. You see... People of compassion or people of encouragement, sons of encouragement, they are patient and they are kind. Patient and kind. And you see this in the life of Barnabas. It tells us Barnabas after he got converted, I mean Saul, after he got converted, Saul became Paul. After he got converted, he, he preached in Damascus. But now there is something inside a Christian that wants to connect with other Christians. If you are a Christian and you all you want to do is stay at home and watch television and maybe to yourself I'm watching Christian programming, you deceiving yourself. They are not there. Fellowship Paul wanted fellowship, he wanted to connect with his Christian brothers. So he left Damascus, he knew the core of Christianity was in Jerusalem, and he wanted to connect with them. But he also knew what they thought of him. And so when he came, he was trying very hard to join himself to them. Let me read from Acts chapter 9 verse 20. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Notice what it says. He tried, meaning he had been failing doing it. They didn't like his face. In their mind, murderer. This murderer is trying to aspire. He's going to try to get us. And they wouldn't accept him. Listen to what he says. But they were all afraid of him. And did not believe, notice, they did not believe. When you are not a son of encouragement, you live in the land of the unbelieving. You hardly believe anything. And if you don't believe, if you're not believing, you know what's happening. You're not operating in love. Because the Bible says, love believes all things. Notice what happened. But Barnabas took him. Even though they were not believing, Barnabas too came and brought him to the apostles. In other words, he forgot about all these Christians that were rejecting Paul, follow me. And then he took Paul to the apostles. You know what had happened? He had been patient to listen to what Paul had to say. He heard him out. And also, he believed what Paul was telling him. I don't know if Barnabas was in Damascus. The Bible doesn't tell us that. I believe he only connected with Paul. When Paul came to Jerusalem, everybody was afraid of him. You see, when you are a son of encouragement, there is no fear. Just like Joshua or Caleb, they are not afraid of anything. They are not afraid of giants. He went to him, listened to him. And said, Paul said, I preached in Damascus. And so look at what happened now. He brought, them, he brought Barnabas, to the apostles and he declared to them he's telling the disciple the apostles he declared to them how he had seen the lord on the road paul was standing there why not let paul talk for himself but he had credibility with the apostles right and he knew they would listen to him so he took up his case and was telling them you see he, he, he saw the lord jesus They knew Barnabas would not lie. And Barnabas said, he also preached. He also preached in Damascus. He said he preached boldly at Damascus. In the name of Jesus. So because of Barnabas, son of consolation, the one who accepts everyone, amen, even though he believes him, accepted him, even though he knew he had been killing Christians, he accepted him. And this is what happened. So he was with them. They accepted Paul or Saul. And then he says, Come in and going out. He became one of them. What would have happened if Barnabas didn't do that? Paul would have said, I know Jesus, you called me, but you see, your children will not accept me. I don't know what to do. Discouragement. He stood for him. Jesus said. You go and do likewise. Amen? You go and do exactly the same. Let somebody's life be touched by you standing for them. And looking past their past. And looking to the future. Seeing what God has placed in them. He saw something beautiful in Saul. Who became Paul and took up for him. You see, that was risky. What if indeed Paul was just pretending? Who's going to get it? They of Barnabas, you were the one that told us, right? But that's what it is. This is how love works. If you're a son of encouragement, you're a son of love. If you're a son of love, you're a son of God. For he is love. I've gone a lot farther than what? Stand up. I'll continue with this next week. I got a lot to say. I, I, of every message that comes, has a purpose. In my mind, I knew how I was when I came to Christ. I've talked about it before. I'm grateful to God that they didn't kick me out because in those days. Uh, we wore bell-bottom pants. You heard about that. And they got the fro. I, I can't. I don't have fro anymore. <laughs> it's all gone. And the, what they call platform shoes. We're so high. We walked funny, I'm telling you. But I went to church like that. And saints are not supposed, in my time, they were not supposed to dress that way. And I went to church and prayed in my bell-bottom pants and everything. And the brothers accepted me. Nobody kicked me out. <laughs> when they come, let's accept them. Amen? Yes. Just as they are. And love them. Nobody ever said, mentioned my bell-bottom pants. If they said anything about that, my question was, What has bell-bottom pants have to do with God? He wants my bell-bottom pants also. What is this? But they left me alone. And God had to walk through to my heart by himself. And told me, you just have to look like your brothers. And you have to be just like them. We're one. So we got rid of that. You can't change them. God will. Amen? God will. You do what you have to do. Out of love and compassion for people. Seeing them the way God sees them. And they're making the sacrifice like Jesus did. Spending time with them. Reaching out to them in love. And their lives will be changed. And your Heavenly Father will be glorified. Because you gave them His light. He walked through you. Amen. That's who you are today. Say to yourself this morning. I am. A son. Of encouragement. I will leave this place. A son of encouragement. I will. Amen. And I'm able to encourage the world to follow Jesus, who is the ultimate son of encouragement. Did you really mean that? I will be watching. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I will be watching. But I believe it that he's transforming your life right now. If you agree with me what I'm saying to you today, There is a spirit. The words that we speak from the scripture, they are spirits and they are life. And they are inside of you right now, transforming you. And you're just going to find yourself showing that compassion, sharing with people, loving them. They can understand what's going on. It's Jesus walking through you. And they, they finally get, I got it now. It's Jesus that's in you. I want him too. That's beautiful. That's what Nick found this weekend. Amen. I'm so proud of Nick. He's going to the north, up north somewhere where it's cold, right? <laughs> and he's going to be spreading the good news about what Jesus has done. Would you lift your hands up today for him? He's great. Our God is so good. He's so good. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. you Jesus I feel his presence here today he's here with us he's here with us today and he loves every individual intimately knows you very much more than you know yourself he knows you better than you know yourself all he's asking let me draw a little closer to you so that he can reveal you to you. And your life will be transformed. It's all about Jesus today. The one who gave his life for us. He's here today for us. He's closer than you think. All you have to do is say, God, I want you to draw closer to me. I want, I want you near me, really close to me. I really want you to with me all heads bowed today. Put your heads down. This is going to be different. Jesus is calling you today. And He's wanting you to say to Him, I've discovered a spiritual principle. Until you give God permission, He can't come into your life. And when you say yes, then you have invited Him. And instantly, He comes in. Everywhere Jesus was invited, he went. Even when they were tricking him, when they invited him, he still went. If you invite him, he'll come. And you'll be a part of your life. If you're here this morning and you need that intimate relationship with Christ, maybe you've been following him, but you haven't felt that intimacy with him that you really know, but that's your heart's desire. I believe God will hear your prayer today. He is here with us. And all you have to do is to say, Yes, this is what I need. You heard me. He heard. Jesus hears everything I'm saying. And you hear. So all all I'm asking you today, agree with me. All you need to do is just lift up your hand. At the count of three, it's before God, not before man. Please understand. Just lift up your hand and say, I want a closer relationship with God than I have right now. I really want that. I want to be intimate with Him. At the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's not get religious. This is relationship with Him that is precious. And forever. When you, if you raise your hand today. Let me tell you something. The angels notice. this. God the Father himself. Saw your hand up. That's more important than what men think. Much more important. Sometimes people are too worried. About what others think. No. I don't care what they think. I care if it's against my God. But. My relationship with Him, I want that solid. And that's what I want your relationship to be. Let your relationship be solid with God and has nothing to do with what people think. It's just you and Jesus. Would you lift your hands up to Him today? I want want everything that Jesus has for me. Before I depart from this earth, I want everything. And I know that's what you want as well. So let's pray together. And God will hear us because he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. He will give it to you. He will give it to you. So I'm going to ask you to ask the Father today what your heart desire is. And God promised through his Son Jesus, my Father will give it to you. He said. said I want to know you I want to know you I want to know the fellowship of his suffering I want to know the power of his resurrection that's what we want because that transforms us into not ordinary people anymore but sons and daughters of God Priests and kings before our God, and He is here today. Jesus, we thank you. You saw every, you see every hand raised here before you today, and we acknowledge that you are God. All I need is for you to agree with me, and God's answering our prayer today. Our prayer. If you agree with me, just say Amen, and that's it. God be near us according to your word be in us and us in you according to your word today and that scripture is fulfilled today because of your grace because of your mercy because of your loving kindness your people are blessed today with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And God's people said Amen.